The information expressed in the following podcast is intended for educational purposes only and was created by and belongs solely to Believe Limited and the Flow podcast and does not necessarily reflect the views of our sponsors. Please speak to your healthcare provider before making any medical decisions. We're talking about the devastation and suicidal impact, the impact of suicidal ideation for women who menopause is like a tidal wave. It completely transforms their life and they're stuck. Yeah, I... I often see people who are really in a terrible state. They've given up on life and they don't think there's any way out for them. Literally, we're their last hope. (laughs) And some of the women even end up in hospital. And I remember one patient in England who was, she was actually signed into a mental hospital. They call it sectioned in the UK. She was in there three times, the first time for, for seven months and then four months and five months, and she kept saying she thought she was going through menopause and they wouldn't listen to her, so they just medicated her. And When she came on my program, honestly, within six weeks, she was like a different woman. Hi, I'm Jessica, and welcome to Flow. I'm here with Sarah Watson, sex therapist, and we have the chance to speak with Marion Stewart, author of Manage Your Menopause Naturally. We all wanna know, how's your flow? Welcome once again to Flow. We start off Flow with a quick check-in to normalize the reality of menstruation. So yes, we three here. How's your flow? Marion, can you kick us off? How's my flow? I'm done and dusted. So I'm, yeah, I don't have a flow anymore. I'm just, I flow with the universe. And uh, fortunately, I know how to meet my needs. And so I've never really had to go down the rabbit hole. I've been there kind of temporarily, but I then taught myself how to manage it just like I would teach one of my patients. It actually occurred to me as I was walking out of my clinic one day when I had premature symptoms of menopause that um, maybe I should sit myself down and write a program. (laughs) And I did it for six weeks and the symptoms went. And then I thought, oh, it couldn't possibly have been menopause. It was much too early. I don't need to do all that. So I stopped doing it and the symptoms came back again. So it taught me a lesson. You know, you have to really tune into your body and meet your needs. Mm, mm, and be a good manager, a good manager of those needs being met. Uh, well, we're excited to hear more about how the hormonal flow goes into the spiritual flow. And by we, I mean me. I love to get into that part of our flow. Very specifically right now, flowing, I'm menstruating and feeling like an octopus. Do you know the times where you're just sort of inking? Moments yeah. of inking uh-huh. during the flow? That's where I'm That's where I'm at. Sarah, how about I you? I U D, you know? <laughs> So no flow over here, but, you know, just a little bit of crampy um, yesterday. So I'm not sure what that was about, but thankfully no flow. So we'll see how it goes. No flow. But again, the more the larger sense of flow and how our flow fits into our larger life flow, managing all of it is what we're going to dive into right after this quick break. This ad is brought to you by Von Vendi, Von Willebrand Factor Recombinant. My name is Nicole, and my deciding factor is making my voice heard. To hear the backstory, drop by Von Vendi. That's V-O-N-V-E-N-D-I dot com slash patient dash stories. We did the business. Here we go. One more intro. And I'm just going to wait. My dog's going to exit for background noise. One moment. On his own. Mine's very well behaved inside. (laughs) Hopefully she'll stay that way. Yeah. If she doesn't, Um, it's also okay. We had, you know, our pups have made appearances. That's true. (laughs) 
Mine has a starring role in my TV series at the moment. Oh. Your TV series? Yeah. Is that a secret? I missed that in your press kit. Oh. Yeah, I didn't see oh, that Oh, well, maybe it wasn't in there because it's kind of came since then. But yeah, during Menopause Awareness Month, I did a pilot with PBS called Marion Stewart's Menopause Moment. And we did four of those during October and they were aired in South Florida and they've just got the thumbs up to go national in February and March. Oh, and we're working on a bigger series at the moment. In fact, we're filming on Tuesday again to um, starting off as a six part, half an hour series on how you manage menopause, all aspects of menopause naturally. So yeah, very exciting. That goes on PBS and the Health Channel. So it's all, okay. and all around the country. In February, uh, that's when this episode's coming out. How perfect. Yeah. The, the men- oh, right, okay. Yeah. The menopause moments should be going live around then, too. Awesome. All right, we're, uh, we're going to go yeah, with the flow of this combo. I, can, yeah. I have more questions about that, especially <laughs> if this know. is coming out. That means listeners can go get a visual, can go get more of your intel outside of this convo. What is the experience yes. of, what is that like to be, yeah, hosting the big combo with the big screen? Well, yeah, it's, I had a TV series in the UK for many years, and uh, I kind of, I used to quake in my boots every time someone pointed a camera at my face, but I was, I mean, really, seriously, to the point of thinking I was going to pass out and fall over, but oh. I got used to it, and because I wanted to get the message across, and I felt like it was more important to focus on the end user than how I looked in the mirror, or you know, what mm. people thought of me, and so I was then invited in the UK, when I was living in the UK, to be the nutritionist for something called Channel 4's Model Behavior. It's a bit like America's Next Top Model, that kind of okay. thing. And I worked with the finalists for three months, and so I got used to the cameras following me around. That was a kind of... Oh, no. it, I, it kind of got into a sort of comfort zone. And then I had my own TV series for three and a half years, so I got really used to it. And so now I love it, and I just, I just really feel very privileged to have the platform to help women to understand yes. and navigate their hormone hell, which is so underserved by the medical profession. And really, women are bowled over by their hormones needlessly. It's a crying shame, and I'm really driven by the injustice of it. And so I bring together other experts. I've got in the biggest, the, the Marion Stewart's menopause moment was just me and my dog. Um, but, and, and, you know, a few cutaways, um, but you can't say that much in a moment. But um, in the half an hour show, I've got lots of other experts, brain health, sleep experts, all sorts of experts coming to the party to tell about how you can manage everything naturally and not just feel better, but feel like the best version of yourself. Mm, I love that. I can't wait to see this. This is going to be amazing. Getting in flow with yeah. your hormones. but no, So so the menopause moment was just a moment. This is a larger, expansive show. It's interview-based. You and other experts, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of magazine. It's the same style as the menopause moment. So it's really fast. There's lots of kitchen shots and exercise. I've got a dance person who's a ballet and jazz dance person involved. And yes. we're just making it fun and very accessible to people so that they can make these little mini changes to their diet and lifestyle and get really aware about what the science shows works. So whether you're perimenopausal in those years leading up to menopause in your early 40s or even late 30s for some women, when you've got lots of hormonal changes going on, or menopausal, which is just one day it's the anniversary of your last period, mm -hmm. and then you're postmenopausal for the rest of your life. And that didn't matter when we weren't living much past 50, right. 100 years or so ago, but now when 
40 something represents halfway for so many of us, it is really important to learn how to meet our needs because we haven't just got to face the symptoms of things like hot flashes, night sweats and insomnia and anxiety and depression and aches and pains and all those ghastly things that happen to us. But we've also got to think about, which most women don't really think about because they have no clue, that after menopause, they're much more predisposed to osteoporosis, the bone thinning Mm -hmm. disease. Mm -hmm. You can lose 20% of your bone mass. You can even die from a hip fracture. Mm -hmm. You're much more likely to have a heart attack than a man. And 50% of women die from their first heart attack. And you can get dementia, which obviously robs you of your personality. Now, the research shows you can prevent all of that if you have a midlife refuel. So that's where I'm coming from, to teach women how to have this midlife refuel and get themselves into really good shape so that they can fire on all cylinders. It's like being turbocharged instead of feeling like a bucket with a hole in it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so excited. I have so many questions. I turned 40 <laughs> this year and I feel right. like and, and feeling like things are changing. Um, even, you know, I have the IUD, so like no flow, but just hormonally things are changing and what to do and how to talk about it. And I want to be ahead of the game. I don't want to be miserable. And so I'm so excited to to learn more today. So thank you. Yeah, and you can be ahead of the game. And that's the key yeah. thing, really. And we're rubbish as women. I mean, we do so much for other people that we leave ourselves as the lowest priority, don't we? And so it's not until... Mm-hmm. We really start suffering that we have to look around for solutions because we're not tuned in to be nurturing ourselves. And that's what we have to do. We have Mm -hmm. to really reserve a bit of time to learn to meet our own needs. And then that's the key to helping us be there for everybody else. I I say that in therapy all of the time. So thank you for saying that. I say it over and over and over to my clients. So thank you. That's so true. So true. How did how did you get started in this? How did how did you get the you said how did the fire start for you in menopause? It was the universe, I think. Um, so I was on maternity leave after having our second baby. And I was married to a doctor in England and working with three other doctors, setting up the British Society for Nutritional Medicine. And they gave me 10,000 medical papers on the non-drug approach to health and asked me to sort them into conditions because they didn't think I had much to do. I just had two little babies. Just, you know, raising <laughs> kids. No big deal. Yeah. So I found 200 papers on PMS and the non-drug approach, and we ended up setting up a little service in my husband's clinic to help local women. And before I knew it, we had magazine and newspaper coverage and women from literally all over the world and the postman arriving at the front door. This was before emails with three postal sacks of mail every day because women were just so desperate there was no help for them and even if if there was help it was hormone help or antidepressants there was nothing natural for them Mm -hmm. and we found that within the space of a few years 96 percent of the women were symptom free within four months on our program Mm. and that mean that meant absolutely no symptoms they didn't even the biggest complaint we ever had was that they didn't know when their period was coming so they had no pms no pains, nothing. It was just, oh, my period arrived. So I could handle that complaint. (laughs) I didn't mind that. Um, And then in the early 90s, we went on and because there were publications on menopause showing that you could bring about similar changes in the lining of the vagina, for example, and brain function, we tweaked our PMS program and turned it into a program for perimenopause and menopause. And so that's how that really came about. And I, I, I've noticed over the years, I'm actually driven by injustice. That's mm. what really gets me out of bed in the morning. And so here I am again. I took 
some time out of my health career to run a foundation in memory of my daughter. And when I came back after six years, I had, during that time, I hadn't done any social media and the world changed and I didn't have my TV show anymore or my column in the magazine on the newspaper and so on. I didn't know really what to do. So I was married to my lovely American husband by then and somebody introduced me to a film producer locally. Mm. And I, she happened to be running a Facebook live course the next day, which I gladly went on because I wasn't techie at all. And she showed me how to make these terrible quality films on my phone and put them up on Facebook, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I made four films, and within 12 weeks, over a million women saw those films. And so it was really like back in the old days when I had all the sacks of mail for women with PMS, suddenly I had all these terribly tragic stories from women who were going through perimenopause and menopause. And I, again, felt very angry because it was over 20 years since I started helping women going through menopause. And we know that they can transform even in the space of six or eight weeks. And they can just, it's like night and day. And I felt aggrieved that doctors are still not educated. No one's really helping these women. And our surveys show that they don't even have hope. 96% of the last survey, which was 1,100 women, said, They felt taken by surprise by their menopause, and two-thirds of them felt robbed of life as they knew it. It's just awful. It doesn't have to be that way. And we know from surveys now that about a quarter of women are leaving the workplace because they feel completely overwhelmed by their symptoms. They don't feel like they can show up and be present and keep on with their career, which is a disaster for the economy, but it's also a disaster Mm -hmm. for the women, Mm -hmm. for their own financial yeah. reasons and their self-esteem do you know because yes. we we derive so much from our work and helping people and being productive Absolutely. if you're curled up in a ball at home and feeling depressed and you can't function that's that's no way to live the second half of your life yeah. that sounds like a nightmare so no thanks the workplace is not set up to be supportive of it that's the other thing it's a nightmare how the workplace is set up to to disclude women's ability to function as natural beings and contribute right there's changes going on in nouveau companies in india we have period leave becoming part of the law we want to see mm-hmm. more of the space being built in the expectation not being necessarily it's amazing to be functional through symptoms but also for there to yes. be allowed space and productivity to take a knee to then refuel? It's getting better though. We've been working with companies in the UK particularly, it's getting better. And it's starting here. We're going to be working with companies in the US. We go into the workplace. We've done, in fact, I did a a well-being workshop, which was virtual for Cisco. Mm, Great. Just before, I think it's just before the pandemic. And we included men in that as well. And they said that the global, global well-being director of Cisco said that it was the best most well-received health initiative they'd ever undertaken. The men loved the knowledge about how to help be supportive in the workplace. They love the knowledge about supporting their partners. And obviously women drink up the fact that they, this is just a transition. It's not a serious medical condition. It isn't the end of life as they knew it. It's actually a whole new beginning when you have a midlife refuel because you've gone downhill so slowly, you don't realize how far down you've gone until you bounce back up again. And so it's a, it is an amazing surprise to most women to come out the other end of it feeling better than they dared dream they could. Mm, and also in fortifying against it, you've mentioned before that it's all about planning. How early should a reproduci- yes. reproductive health begin to focus on menopause for a menstruator? Well, honestly, we are born as baby girls with millions of eggs, but we have no roadmap. 
-hmm. And apart from most of our moms telling us about our periods, I mean, did you get other advice about anything else about, you know, cysts, fibroids, period pains, whatever it is, pregnancy? I remember after I had my first baby on the fifth day, I had these I look like a bloated whale. Yes, I had the largest yes. breast you've ever seen. I mean, I'm normally Same. really thin and I had engorged breasts. I was just, I, I, no one prepared me for that. No. Do you know, and I think we need a roadmap. Absolutely. Because the research shows that you can, you can actually be in the driving seat in all those situations. Do you know, if, you've, if you're armed with knowledge and you know how to deal with it all, then it's not going to be an issue. Right. But you mentioned being well, so down many women, the hill. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, you won't have to you won't have to be starting from a lower point. There's ways no. to be fortified to just oh, continue yeah. on the journey. Yeah. My PMS patients that I helped years ago, when they came back for help for menopause, I noticed that they weren't down the rabbit hole. Do you know they just need tweaking because they knew how to meet their needs. They were already in good shape. They were already tuned into nurturing themselves. And so we just had to change a bit of what they were doing to give them the naturally occurring estrogen in their diet that they were now lacking and maybe switch their supplements around a bit, but they were doing everything else. So yes, the earlier you start, the better. And actually, most people don't realize that our bone mass reaches its peak by the time we get to 35. Oh. And it's downhill from then on, unless you know how to meet your needs. And you can make new bone. It's just you don't really get taught how to do it. How? I know you've won the yep, British yep. Empire medal and you're not going to give away all your secrets, but how? How do we rebuild bone mass, Marion? How do you make new bone? Well, for a start, your diet's important and you must make sure that you're not running on empty because if you're running on empty, the factory lights go off in your body that make all the new bone cells. So making sure the second thing, apart from being in good nutritional shape, is to make sure that you've got a good amount of Mother Nature's estrogen in your diet because the molecule for the plant food looks so similar to estradiol that you had before menopause, you can actually fool your brain into thinking you've got normal circulating levels. So instead of having empty estrogen receptor sites, which causes the, uh, the cells that make new bone to dry up, the brain thinks everything's normal, so the factory stays open, so you keep making new bone cells. But you also make new mucus cells in your vagina, and you know your mm-hmm. skin still looks great, and your hair and your nails, and you feel a whole lot different. So meet, learning to meet your needs is what you need to do. And then there are biohacks, and especially in the US, you've got things like OsteoStrong, where if you've got osteoporosis, you can go and get yourself on that program and make up to 14% new bone within the space of six months. That seems like a lot in, for in six months. Yeah. You That's can amazing. die from osteoporosis, you know, right. you don't have, but you don't have to. You can, you can stay in good shape. And that's the important thing that what we're trying to do is the mission is to really delay that age that we start falling apart mm-hmm. so that we can stay in good shape. We can keep our bones strong, our heart healthy, our memory in, you know, sharp, and we really feel ageless, and that's the key thing. Ooh, round of applause there. That's what we'll add yes. in the edit. And you touched upon it, but we don't talk enough about vaginal tissue at menopause yes. or at any time. Where is that conversation available outside of your well, program? You, is it? Anywhere? Yeah, you don't. Well. You don't talk, I mean, women don't talk about it, even to their best friends. And we did a survey of a thousand women looking at their relationships. And shockingly, over 70% of them can't have an orgasm. Around 70% of them have vaginal dryness. Sex 
just really get sidelined because it becomes too painful. And also, when they get touched, very often it triggers a hot flush. So it's something that they don't, they're, they're ashamed of. It, they're afraid it's going to break their relationship and that their partner will go off and find a younger person. Mm. It's really tragic. But again, when you have the midlife refuel, you get back to feeling like a normal sexy woman again. And you can get nice mucus going in the vagina and the nice elastic tissues back again, even if they've dried up. And again, there are biohacks. You know, if you're really seriously in trouble, then there's things like VFIT from Joylux, which is red light therapy that's got FDA approval. You know, there's there's so many wonderful tools to help us to manage this transition and what comes after so that we can actually... I I hear from women post-menopause saying they're having the best sex ever. Best relationships. Let's talk you know, they about to meet their needs. Yeah, they learn to meet their needs and everything changed. And obviously once the, the partner realizes that it's just a transition and this isn't the beginning of the end, right. then there's a lot more support and confidence and they go through it together so that they come out the end. And even when it is too painful, while they're going through the process, they can still have a massage they can still do, you know, have oral sex. They can There's still so many other things to do. Imagine, right? uh-huh, you know, what uh-huh. it was. Remember what it was like. There's, it's just not too difficult when you like everything in life when you know how. Right. Right. There's well, a lot well, of propaganda think, you know, suggesting that there, that, uh-huh. that part of the sex life changes so much after menopause. There's not a lot of examples we've seen yet changing right. media of the yeah. reality. Right. Well, I'm, I'm focusing on that as well in one of my TV shows. And we've got women who are willing to talk about it. You know, they, yes. they couldn't have sex with their partner, their husband. Now they can. And it's a whole different feeling in the relationship because they're back to feeling close and bonded and having fun together. And it's just comfortable. Right. Well, if it's not comfortable, right? Like if you are feeling pain and your partner goes to touch you it immediately, your brain is going to turn off. Your brain is like, nope, no thank you for arousal and desire. So to get that to turn right back on where it's not painful or you're not having a hot flash, that is vital for healthy sexual relationship, for sure. It's amazing. And also important that younger women know as well as women going through it because, and also women that have gone through it because they may have retired their sex life erroneously you know because they thought that's what they were supposed to do but they can actually get back to having a good time again right that's important it's an important part of our lives isn't it it's and it helps us to deal with stress it helps us to burn up calories it helps us to feel young and having fun so it's sad when people just close the door on it right I think there's probably also necessary fluid release that comes from some aspects of physical sexual interaction that's under researched. I don't know. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Friends in, <laughs> well, you've got the, the wonder, you've got the wonderful hormone release, haven't you? When yep. you have an orgasm as well, mm-hmm. it makes you feel, helps you sleep, just helps you feel happy. Yeah, the dopamine. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and loved. <laughs> yeah, cared Mostly. for. Pleasure, yeah. my favorite pleasure. Yes. 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 Sure. And can we talk about the the the, wor- the the phenomenon that folks call squirting, but from a medical or more physiological standpoint, there is an unknown like liquid gland release that hasn't been researched that women experience as part of that could be part urethra fluid, that could be part gland fluid, uh, unless I'm missing new research. That's a huge unknown, right? 
I, I, yeah, I haven't seen any new research, but I think Neither there's so many. It's, it's like when you have a baby, how perfect that baby is. Do you know, everything is so perfectly formed. And it's, all, it's, like, it's just the same when you have an orgasm. I think there's so many magical things that happen in your body. I'm sure they're not all research, but we just know it's a good thing to do. And yes. we want to keep on doing it. Yes. That's great. Yes. That For is sure. great. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> talking about <laughs> orgasms make us, makes us all a little calmer I know, I'm like, on oh, flow. It's just, yes, <laughs> we love it. Mm-hmm. So you what said, think, oh yeah, memory. I was going to say, yeah, how early to, you, you're talking about how early to think about things. So as soon as you start menstruating is kind of when we should be talking about this. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, it really is. Because especially when you have babies, you, mother nature makes sure that all the best of the nutrients go sailing out across the placenta and out through the breast uh-huh. milk if you're feeding. Yep. And you can get that kind of, I used to call it my out to lunch syndrome for a few months after I had my babies <laughs> because I couldn't remember anything. Oh, it was just yeah. like my brain had left Gone. the building. Yes. And I think you're meant to be like that because Mother Nature wants you to switch off from everything and just nurture your baby. But even so, it's very disconcerting, especially for those yes. of us that have to carry on working. And I remember doing a, an interview with a national magazine, a national newspaper actually in the UK when one of my babies was three weeks old and I was actually, fortunately it wasn't video, so I was feeding the baby at the same time as doing the interview thinking, I hope I can keep the thread of this conversation because I can't really think straight. Mm-hmm. But that, if you don't, one of the things that happens to you after you've had your baby is your nutrient levels are really low ebb yep. and you're giving out more nutrients through your breast milk. Mm-hmm. So it is hard for your brain to function normally if you don't replenish your stores. So it's never too early. And the research shows that you can, by consuming Mother Nature's estrogen for those women going through menopause, even in 12 weeks, you can improve your short and long-term memory and your cognitive function. It is really possible to do that. So a lot of women who come on our program come because they think they have early onset dementia. And it turns out to be nothing except their hormone inadequacy and uh, upheaval going through menopause. So one of the women, for example, who came on my program was a woman called Professor Jo Bruis, who was one of the authors of the Government in the Workplace report in the UK on menopause in the workplace. And I met her at an event, a menopause event, and she confided in me afterwards that she thought she was going to have to leave work because she couldn't remember what she was saying mid-sentence. She couldn't even remember her colleagues' names. Mm. and she had acne on her face for the first time in her life. She was constipated, depressed, tired. Mm. And I said, come on our program. Let's see what happens. And within the space of six or eight weeks, she turned the whole thing around. Her skin was clear, her bowels were working, her brain was working. And eventually, instead of leaving the workplace, I'm so delighted to say she became head of department at her university. And so she's gone on doing fabulous research on women's health that she wouldn't have done otherwise. She would have retired and that would have been it. Wow. So that's just one of the thousands and thousands of stories. And it gets us, my whole team, out of bed in the morning because we want to help women to have these amazing transformations and just stay in their power zone and be able to use their wisdom in this ailing planet, we need every bit of wisdom we can get, don't we? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Such important work, such important work you're doing. And to help connect each individual woman has a customized experience, I'm sure, in the six-week yes. guide, but it's customized to individual needs. Yeah, so everyone fills in a questionnaire and diet diary. 
and it's the same uh, consultation they get as they used to get in my five-month program when they came to see me, but this, these days it's all virtual. So they, they have in Zoom, we have a proper consultation, they get their program and then they go into a group and so they have other women who can go transition through at the same time, they're all connected so they can support each other. We meet every week and they get more information, they've got their course material, plus anyone who needs help anytime in the day can just text and we have a WhatsApp group and all of that stuff. So it's just, they're like family and we help them all with it because everyone goes through it in a slightly different way. It isn't, you know, we've got different history, different medication, different tastes, different budget. There's just, it's so different for us. So we need to have something that really works and helps us to feel better quickly. And provides that full transformation. It's wonderful that you sort of triage and transform to help women who need the support because of the underexposed realities of dealing with any parts of reproductive health when you're menstruating. Mm-hmm. Knowing words like phy- phytoestrogens, knowing what yes. those are, let alone knowing how to get them. I just learned about red clove tea. I know you talk about it in your program. Yes. Is that red, right? Red, well, red clover is one of the richest sources of naturally occurring estrogen, but I don't think you're going to get that much in tea, to be perfectly honest. Okay. So I think that um, it's probably okay to drink it. I wouldn't discourage it. It's certainly better than drinking caffeinated drinks, which are much more likely to bring on the hot flushes and keep you up at night because they're too much of a stimulant. They make you feel anxious as well. But mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't put all my money on red clover tea. I think if you're going to take red clover, then it needs to be a standardized supplement. And we usually recommend that people take that at night because we get them to consume naturally occurring estrogen in the form of food during the day and you can't get red clover in food. So we, t- we take the foods, the plant-based foods like flax seeds and soy during the day in small quantities when they need it and then use the red clover at night to fill the receptor sites in the night so you're constantly fooling the brain that you've got normal circulating hormone levels. That was a knowledge drop from Marianne Stewart. Oh, that was fantastic. Thank you. Like getting an understanding of what happens in your program I to know. really transform and educate your participants. I have some background noise. I don't know whether you do. do. Is it a plane? Yeah. Someone has a plane going over. Oh. It's Jess. Okay. <laughs> Red clover, flax, soy, anything else that we can eat during the day? I, mean, I love flax. I'm, I have flax on a lot of things. Oh, flax is so good for you. I think things like edamame beans are great. You can have those as a snack. You can sprinkle them on your salad and making sure those are the richest sources. There are other things like hummus and alfalfa, Mm -hmm. mung beans, chickpeas, rhubarb, celery, all those things. There are lots of things, but they don't have as much as the flax and red clover and soy. They're the rich sources. And that, in fact, the first study I ever read was a study published in the British Medical Journal that was done in Australia where they fed the subjects red clover, flax seeds, and soy. And that's how they brought about similar changes in the lining of the vagina as they would have expected to see in women taking HRT. Mm. As in taking hormone yeah. replacement therapy. Wow, yeah. those natural, that natural combo. Yeah. Okay. So it, but it's, it's, I describe my program a bit like a pie in that you've got different segments in there and you need it's not nothing's magic by itself right so you can do for example the research shows that if you do formal relaxation for 20 minutes a minimum of 20 minutes a day 
you can reduce your hot flushes and night sweats by 50 to 60%. And exercise helps. Mm -hmm. There are supplements that help that have been through properly conducted clinical trials because it's not a regulated industry, so we have to be picky about what we choose. But all of those things need to be done together to get the maximum effect. It's not just having soy or giving up caffeine. And it's not a life sentence either. While we're going through it and we're having our midlife refuel, we may need to avoid certain foods and drinks. But afterwards, once you're in really good shape, it doesn't mean you have to keep denying yourself. So it's not like a weight loss diet that goes on forever. And it becomes really enjoyable as well because everything we take out, we give several nice, tasty alternatives. Good. Lovely. And it's all in combination. Relaxing, exercise, magnesium. The REM is what I used to hear for insomnia. Get REM. Relaxing, Mm -hmm. exercise, magnesium during the day. I'm curious, as we're closing out towards our conversation, Marian, I'm sure we'll see it on your show too, but what are your favorite ways to relax or exercise? Oh, my. I've got hundreds of them. I love dancing. That's my very favorite. I love swimming as well and water aerobics. They're probably my favorite exercise. And walking my dog. In nature, that's mm-hmm. lovely too. And relaxation, I'm really bad at just sitting down and doing meditation because I've got a busy mind. So I've got this amazing app, which I love, and it's called Paziz, and it, it's on my phone. So I can literally plug in, go and lay down, and it's, it's created by neuroscientists. So it takes you into a really deep, relaxed state and then brings you out again. So you feel like you've been to sleep for a couple of hours. And you just feel brand new so that you can get on with the rest of the day. And that's, so I make an absolute routine. It's really, really, really unusual for me to not have time during the day. Make time during the day, not have time, because no one has time. But you make the time and then you get the payback because you don't fall asleep on the sofa feeling like a zombie in the evening. And you can show up for the rest of the day being creative because you've had this lovely pause. I'm, I'm going to look that at You said it's pizzes. Yes. Okay. Oh, my clients need that. I need that. Yes, please. Yeah, we have a link to it somewhere. I can I can send you a link because you can get a discount as well. You, we there is free that. to use to start with. See, everyone can try it free. Okay. It's not that not that expensive, but honestly, it's my patients love it. It's life changing. Okay. Mm. Absolutely, include that in the links as well as a link to how listeners can order your book how they can follow you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are so thrilled to have the precious space to learn from you. Your six-week program is ongoing. How can folks enroll? Yeah, just go to my website, marionstuart.com, and then you go to the, click on the toolbar, and you go to solutions, and the six-week program's on there, so you can find out about it. We also have a midlife refuel club, which is completely free, that people can access uh, also on the website, and we can give you the link to that as well. So they can go straight to it. And that's stuffed full of amazing self-help content that people can get on with. In the meantime, some people don't need to go on the six-week course. They're doing prevention or just light touch stuff. Mm -hmm. So they can get the information they need in the book and then in the films and the webinars and whatnot that we've got in the Midlife Review. And we're just about, by the time this goes live, we'll have our new app live as well. So they'll be able to get all the content in our amazing new midlife refuel app. So that's the thing that we'll be pointing them to. Making a note. Amazing. Yes. So so once again, you have the app, the book, (laughs) the TV show. You've written 27 books. We skipped past that. Is it all from having a good relationship to your flow? Is it, how do you do so much, Marianne? 
I think I'm driven by the injustice, as I said, you know, and yeah. I think that also when I wrote my very first book, it stopped me having to say the same thing a million times, you know, because I had it written down in the book yes. and then I could refer people to the book. And obviously <laughs> in an hour's consultation, there's only a certain amount you can say. Right. You know, and so it gave and, and it's got recipes in there and fast options for people that hate cooking and shopping lists and you know think practical things that you absolutely need so once I got the hang of doing it the manager of menopause naturally is actually my first American book but it's actually my 28th book I don't know how I did it all really I think it was the hand of God it was the universe and I often feel like I'm channeling the stuff when it comes yeah. out you know sure. and it's meant to come out because people need it yeah. talking about the impact of suicidal ideation for women who menopause is like a tidal wave it completely transforms their life and their Stuck. Yeah, I, I often see people who are really in a terrible state. They've given up on life and they don't think there's any way out for them. Literally, we're their last hope. <laughs> and some of the women even end up in hospital. And I remember one patient in England who was, she was actually signed into a mental hospital. They call it sectioned. In the UK, she was in there three times. The first time for, for seven months and then four months and five months. And she kept oh saying God. she thought she was going through menopause and they wouldn't listen to her. So they just medicated her. And oh she, when God. she came on my program, honestly, within six weeks, she was like a different woman. She never, never looked back. And she was, she was also a practitioner. She oh. had a lot to offer. Right. But she just got severely sidetracked somehow by... The medical profession that the Mayo Clinic survey in 2019 on gynecologists and doctors mm -hmm. said that only seven percent of them feel adequately educated to help women going through menopause. And oh, that I is that. absolutely shocking. Mm -hmm. And so that's why women are left in this situation, mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important that we get the message out to women, the workplace, their partners, and eventually to doctors and gynecologists who should should know better because the medical literature's out there. They just don't get to read it. Right. Oof. They don't make the time to read it. I'm, we're going to mm -hmm. lead with that. And that's what you mean by injustice that gets you up and out of bed in the morning for a medically yeah. literate practitioner to be trapped in an institution for mental health challenges because their body is going through hormonal changes. That's the injustice. That's what we yeah. got to... But Shit. I don't think the doctors don't want the knowledge. It's just that, it, honestly, to try and find it, it's not right. really readily accessible. It's published in so many journals around the world. Yeah. And no one's putting it together for them in, in, as a kind of roadmap. And that's what's missing. And I think until it's taken seriously, because before the pharmaceutical industry, I remember in my first book, I had this little quote from Maimonides that said that anything that should be could be managed naturally should be managed through diet, mm -hmm. nutritional means. And then the pharmaceutical industry came, do you know, and everyone in the medical profession forgot about all those natural right. things that used to be the first thing that we did. Mm. And so we're stuck. Yeah. And an essential thing with there are some Western life saving medications that are there is no natural yes. replacement as of now. There's research being done into it. We within the rare bleeding disorders yeah. community see this all the time. There yes, is yes. a need for some intervention with treatment, and yet there is still the natural remedy support to make that treatment actually functionally work. There is right. still diet and health and exercise to support that treatment even being life saving. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not knocking the um, drugs. I think that drugs are really important for so right. many. I mean, my husband had leukemia. He wouldn't still be here if it weren't for drugs and, you know, the amazing medical right. help that he got. Um, but there, there is a first line approach mm-hmm. for PMS, for period pains, for, you know, any hormonal situation a woman's got, if it's not cancer, to change her diet and lifestyle and learn to meet her needs is probably her first base. Yes. And then if she needs intervention and medication, of course, to go and right. get it. Right. But the women are symptom-free within a very short space of time and for the most part. And so they don't need to go down that second journey. Right. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to do more research and, <laughs> and, and jump into your group. And, and here I'm like, I'm ready. I'm going to be prepared. I am not yeah. going down. I'm going to be prepared. So thank you. Well, we have we have live sessions as well. So in the oh, new great. year, we have live sessions every week. So people can come and join and get their questions answered as well. I suppose my um, skill is bringing together the research that other people have done and interpreting it so, put it so we can use it. So at the back of my books, I have medical references because all the recommendations we make are based on published medical research. Great. Well, Love knowing it. you feel the benefit you and support so many women, we're just going to give you some more of that joy and gratitude for being in a position <laughs> to educate so many, to educate us, to educate our listeners. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to spend time with you. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back next month and the second Thursday of every month on Flow. Flow is produced by Bloodstream Media and edited by Kay Vermeil. Shout out to Flow's creative director, Amy Board, and hosts Jessica Richmond and Sarah Watson. New episodes are available the second Thursday of each month. Hey, that's the day after I start menstruating.